You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and on today's show, we have one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, is joining us to get into this season preview for 2021. But before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we covered the Chargers for five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Happy Friday to all. We are heading into the last weekend before we have football every Sunday, so that's great news. Thank you to everyone who's checking out the show for the first time today. We really appreciate it, and another special thank you to all of our loyal fans as well checking back in on us. And if you don't already, make sure you go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there. We are going to be doing our season 2021 preview and prediction on today's show, but we have to start with some absolutely great news because Forrest Merrill, our baby boy, has now been added back to the practice squad. So it was a scary day while he had to make it through waivers. I mean, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. First, he makes the team, then he gets cut. Now he's back on the practice squad. So we'll start with that. Austin Pro will back on there too. So some special teams help potentially. Maybe another punt returner to throw in the mix if KJ Hill isn't doing well early on because we know he's going to get the first crack at it. And then we'll get into our season prediction and preview. So in the second segment, we're going to do some over-unders because I think we all know who the MVPs and comeback players of the year and things like that are going to be. Instead, we're going to do some over-unders. Will Joey Bosa go over or under 12 and a half sacks? Will Justin Herbert get over under 43 total touchdowns? We have that and more in the second segment. And then to wrap up the show, we'll be looking at which game on the Chargers schedule we are looking forward to most. And we'll also get into what the Chargers' biggest strengths and weaknesses are going into the season. And also how many wins at the end of the show today. We'll do our final prediction on the Chargers' wins in 2021 now that we know what the roster looks like. So, but first, I need to tell you guys to make sure you're listening to Locked On's Ultimate Season NFL Preview, where you can get the Odyssey NFL experts like Ross Tucker and Jason Lockham for going through every team and every division. It's going on right now. It goes August 30th through September 8th. So make sure to follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys. Well, we had some big news for the show come out on Thursday, and I was very scared that this might not happen, but David, our baby boy, Forrest Merrill, makes it back to the practice squad. And I mean, he joins other defensive linemen like Joe Gaziano and Braden Fehoko. But we knew Brandon Staley said that they would absolutely want him back on the practice squad, but he still has to go through waivers and do all of that. So it was a very scary 24 hours. I mean, like I said before, it was a roller coaster of emotions, but the boy has come home. Thank the Lord, Forrest Merrill is back with us. I was a little surprised that they cut him. I mean, I guess not that surprised. I mean, we knew he was one of the guys on the back end of the roster, and sure. we kind of had that feeling that it was a possibility that if they brought somebody else in, especially someone who was familiar with Brandon Staley, that the most logical place to look for that cut was probably Forrest Merrill. So. Fortunately, he did get cut, but he is welcome back on the practice squad. And we know with the new COVID rules and all that, 
that the practice squad is not a death sentence. They're going to be coming up to the active roster and going back down. There's a lot of flexibility with that this year. So I do expect to see Forrest Merrill playing some meaningful snaps at some point for the Chargers this year. Yeah, and you get some more beef to add back to the middle of that defensive line because I do think behind Limval Joseph, he's the guy that best fits at that nose tackle position for the Chargers. And how about the rest of the NFL, huh? Being so dumb that he went through waivers and every other single team passed on him. Ha! That was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. But yes, I mean, he's back. Our beefy boy back on the practice squad and is going to be out there, I'm sure, causing havoc against the Chargers offensive line right when they're running through some of those drills. So shout out to John Kegley as well because he was the only one of the three of us that actually believed the Chargers would keep him on the opening 53-man roster even though, you know, he got waived the next day. But... John, the other thing that came from this practice squad news, besides Brandon Faison also getting added to the practice squad, which isn't really a big surprise there considering he was getting first team reps at one point this offseason. The other news was them bringing back Austin Prohl. So he was one of the guys that was kind of surprising that he got cut when he did just because he was doing so well as the Chargers return man, both on kickoffs and on punts through most of the preseason and the offseason in training camp. Now he's back on the practice squad. And I do think it is some insurance right for KJ Hill, who has been given the starting punt return job. But now there's a couple of guys in Austin Pro and Michael Bandy, where if he doesn't come through, maybe one of those guys gets a crack. Yeah, you do have insurance for KJ Hill, but I was hoping for Nazir Adderley to be your punt returner with his breakaway speed and with the kickoff returns that he had last year. I'd like to see him do it on punt returns. But he does play a big key role on defense as your starting safety, and he's had an injury pass, so you do have to keep him from taking these unnecessary hits. So I guess it makes sense to have K.J. Hill do it who's not going to have many snaps, but I believe he's on a thin leash. If he screws up enough, you're going to have to bring someone up. Yeah, and I would at least be intrigued by Austin Pearl coming up and at least trying that out, right? And I think K.J. Hill kind of deserves to be on a short leash, just given the fact that he got the roster spot because of his return ability, right? That's what we heard from Brandon Staley. And the other thing is, is going back to even last year, we haven't seen him really impress. He doesn't bring a lot of upside to that position. He hasn't made the best decisions. Like even, you know, this preseason, he caught a ball inside the 10-yard line for no return instead of letting it bounce into the end zone. So at least you're giving yourself backup plans for that position and maybe with a little bit more upside but one of the things I do want to touch on really quick David something I know me and you both read that Mina Kimes ESPN cover story about Justin Herbert I would highly recommend I mean it's free you just got to go to ESPN a nice golden god picture of Justin Herbert on there you can't miss it but basically she hung out with Justin Herbert for a few days and really got an inside look at him and you really got the sense of This guy doesn't want the attention, right? It seemed almost like exactly kind of like what you would think a Justin Herbert interview would go like, right? But friends and family saying he never really knew how athletic he was. He never really knew how much better he was at some stuff than other kids, right? He just was out there playing and competing and all that stuff. Also said that he just likes board games like Settlers and Catan and stuff. But I think one of the things that was funniest was when Gabe Neighbors said he's only seen Justin Herbert mad one time, and it was when Gabe Neighbors was in a grocery store parking lot, and he was going to not put his grocery cart back, and then Justin Herbert said, no, take it all the way back, which is pretty funny, and I can definitely agree with that. I mean, take your grocery carts back. I mean, come on, people, let's go. But it was funny that that's kind of where it peaked out, because besides that, he is you know, such a introvert, right, and that has a negative connotation at times, but 
this article really, David, to me was just proving that leaders, quarterbacks, great NFL players come in all shapes and sizes, come in all different personalities. So it doesn't have to necessarily be the raw, raw guy. You can be like Justin Herbert and still have that competitive fire on the inside and just lead by example. Yeah, Justin Herbert definitely has that aw shucks type of attitude. I mean, he doesn't want the attention. He doesn't want the spotlight. He doesn't really pay attention to social media. That's He doesn't really read anything about himself. That's just not who he is. He doesn't care for that type of stuff. But he's fiercely competitive, and he will compete at everything that he has done. And, and in this article of Mina Kimes wrote, he basically has been playing at, at higher levels of competition in pretty much every sport that he's played against everyone, and his talent has been noticeable, even though he hasn't really wanted to broadcast that talent. I mean, I think his parents said that they went to one quarterbacking class or one quarterbacking camp, and that was it. <laughs> Never went to one ever again, and this was a you know top draft pick in the NFL draft last year. So it just goes to show you that Leaders do come all in all shapes and sizes, and Justin Herbert prefers to lead by example and with his play on the field. Yeah, and I think another good part of it was Mina Kimes like apologizing to him for not really seeing in him what he's turned into, right? And there's a lot of people on that bandwagon, some that are still on there, but he said, thanks for saying that. It couldn't have been easy to say kind of thing, which is just really funny because, I mean, so many people doubted him, but... A lot of stories in there, too, where you just see some of that competitiveness, right? And hearing from his friends and his family and hearing about the golf tournament where Keenan Allen was dancing with somebody's mom and Justin Herbert not wanting to sing Sweet Caroline, which, I mean, everyone could sing, right? Everybody knows the words to that. But even at his own golf tournament, right, he's trying to kind of slink back, be away from all the attention and kind of turn the spotlight away from himself, but worked out okay for him so far. And he just got named a captain for the Chargers, which I'm sure he's very, very proud of. Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Austin Eckler, Derwin James, of course, Limbaugh, Joseph, Corey Lindsley, and Ty Long also squeezing in there to be a captain for this team. I mean, we knew Michael Badgley had a good relationship and was kind of one of the guys. Ty Long's a captain. He's the punter, so that's pretty cool for Ty Long, and he is a pretty funny guy. I mean, even on You're Twitter getting and captains stuff. from every levels of the team. One on sure. special teams, one on a couple on offense, and a couple on defense. So I like that dynamic. Yeah, I mean, I guess like Kenneth Murray maybe, you know, is someone that you think, hey, maybe he is a guy that could be here, but not a lot Definitely of Definitely eventually, for sure. I expect, yeah. I expect that to happen eventually. I mean, right. this is a second-year player, so, I mean, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But, yeah, I can definitely see you it. You pump sure. your own brakes, and I'll worry about my brakes. Now, I mean, rockauto.com. He's, he's the guy. Yeah, if you need new brake parts, you know where to go. But <laughs> Kenneth Murray, I mean, it's crazy because, like, he is like a leader, right? He does have that presence and things like that. You respect it. But Derwin James, I mean, even as a rookie, right? When Melvin Ingram's over here saying, like, hey, that's something you got to earn. Like, you can't just come on the scene and be a leader. Well, he did it, you know? That yeah. lasted like two weeks. But cool to see the captains. Cool to see that cover story about Justin Herbert and, you know, Getting to hear so many people talking about the way he grew up and the kind of person he is was really cool. Mina Kimes, future guest of the show, Mina Kimes. I would love to have her. One of my favorite NFL okay, right on out that. there. Yeah. Anyways, though, we do have two more segments to get into here, boys, because we do have to get into our season preview and predictions. So we're going to go over some over-unders coming up right after this. Will Justin Herbert have over-under 43 touchdowns. Will Keenan Allen win the triple crown for the Chargers receivers once again like he did in 2020? All that and more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar. And you know 
I'm talking about Built Bars. Did you guys know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for everyone? And I mean that. I mean, you're going to find a flavor that you like with Built Bar. And the thing I love most about Built Bar is they taste great. It doesn't matter how healthy something is for me. If it doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to eat it. So when you have so many great flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, salted caramel, and you can get a mixed box where you can try all of them, you're always going to find something you like. And you're finding something that's 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And even though you might feel guilty eating it, you don't have to because it probably fits on your diet. Most of the bars are 17 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. And it was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So it's good enough for them. It's good enough for me. And we can even save you guys some money. If you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into some predictions here for the Chargers season. And we're going to do some over-unders because, like I said, I mean, preseason awards and stuff like that, I do think they're cool and there's some conversations to be had there. But most of those kind of go without saying. This way, we can kind of put our own gauge on it. And I kind of went through and I was the, you know, betonline.ag odds maker here and put up some numbers I think are going to be pretty hard to pick, right? So... Let's go ahead and get into these here. You'd be a pretty scary loan shark, so I definitely want to stay away from you. <laughs> yeah, I would. Nobody wants these hands. Anyways, let's get into the first one here with Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen, it's like, hey, if you do, who's going to have the most receptions? It's going to be Keenan Allen. Who's going to have the most receiving yards? It's going to be Keenan Allen. Yep. But will he have all three stats, right, David? And that's the thing with Keenan Allen. He's set such a ridiculous standard for himself that you realistically think he could lead the Chargers not only in yards and receptions and touchdowns, but he could lead them in all three of those. I mean, Mike Williams might have something to say about it. Josh Palmer maybe has something to say about it, but he's the odds-on favorite. So, David, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a possibility, but I, I don't think he's going to get all three of those with, with this Chargers offense. I think there's one guy who's going to sneak in and kind of ruin that and that's going to be Austin Eckler, and I think he's going to take the receptions away from oh, Keenan Allen. Damn. Okay. I definitely wasn't expecting that. I mean, it could definitely happen. He almost had 100 catches a couple of years ago. And, let, you know, let's get into Austin Eckler because Austin Eckler has struggled to stay on the field at times, but the one full season we got to see from him, he was really, really good. So the other couple of years, he also had Melvin Gordon eating in the same backfield, which is going to be tough to put up some, you know, egregious stats, but... I put a line here that I think will be very, very tough to pick. And I'm going to say Austin Eckler, 1,200 total yards and eight touchdowns, total touchdowns, rushing and receiving. So, John, those are lofty standards. Do you think he's going to surpass it? I am going to just go way out there and say I'm going to say he definitely goes over 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns this season. I'm going to say double-digit touchdowns, and I'm going to say a lot closer to more to 1,400 total yards this season. I know I'm the pessimist. I would usually say no, but I think Austin Eckler is in for a really, really big season with some weapons that we have now, better scheming from the coaches. I think he's going to have way better, probably his career year in my mind. David, what about you? Yeah, I think he is going to surpass it. I'm okay. taking the over on this one. I think uh, Austin Eckler has all the ability in the world. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the NFL, a guy who almost racked up 1,000 receiving yards in a season for a running back. So I think he has more than enough capability to make that happen. 
and I think he's going to do it this year, so I'm taking the over. And he's only done it once in his four seasons. He had a 1,500, more than 1,500 yards from scrimmage in 2019, and then he had nine or 11 touchdowns that season. So it would be hard to do. I'm going to say the under. I do think that Larry Rantree might be able to vulture some touchdowns this year. And I mean, that's a concern get, for me too. Sure, and if you play 13 games, you know he could still hit that yardage total and things like that. But you don't really know, right? So let's get to another offensive player here before we switch to the defensive side of things. Josh Palmer, a guy that everybody's very, very excited about. Of course, I put up a pretty strategic stat line here. And it's Josh Palmer, 50 catches, 5 touchdowns, 700 receiving yards. So, John, he's a rookie. 50 catches is a ton. Do you think that he's going to hit all of those numbers in 2021? I'm going to go slightly under on this one. I, I'm going to go around 550 yards, 40 catches, and I think five touchdowns is a good point. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, including me. I think Joshua Palmer will surprise me with how good his production is going to be this year. You remember during the draft, uh, post-draft preview, I was saying I was kind of surprised by the pick, but we did also say that if he has a better quarterback, he might produce, and I think you might see that this year, but I think he might play a limited role due to the fact that Keenan Allen just takes up a lot of the game just on his own, and so does Austin Eckler out of the backfield. Okay, yeah, I mean, David, what do you think? I think that's a definite possibility. Actually, I think it's going to happen because yeah? injuries are going to happen this year, and they're going to happen, unfortunately, in the wide receiver court at some point. And I, I hate saying that, but we've seen it every single year. So I think having him as a, as a contingency plan with how comfortable he already is with Justin Herbert, I definitely am going to take the over. I love this pick more and more every time I see Josh Palmer on the football field. And the reason 50 is significant is because Mike Williams has never caught 50 catches in one season. So that would be a very significant season for Josh Palmer. But let's go to the man in charge. Let's go to Justin Herbert before we go defense. I'm going to put it at 43 total touchdowns. And we're factoring in the fact that there's one more game this season, obviously. Last year, he had 36 total touchdowns, 31 passing, 5 rushing. John, I mean, he's gotten some MVP hype, right? We'll see how that all plays out. But needless to say, he's going to have to put up some pretty ridiculous numbers. I mean, I don't even think 43 total touchdowns necessarily locks up an MVP award for him. But it would still be a great step in the right direction and definitely not a sophomore slump. So do you think Herbert could hit 43 touchdowns in 2021? Oh, this is this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go under, but not by a lot. I'm going to say 40 touchdowns for sure he gets at least. But I think with Larry Roundtree coming in, he looks pretty good in preseason. I think he might play a better role in the running game, getting rushing touchdowns with Austin Eckler. And I think that takes away a little bit from what Justin Herbert should have done this year, which is throw a lot of touchdown passes. But I'm going to go under with about 40 touchdown passes this season. David? Yeah, that's a tough one for me because, I mean, getting 36 total touchdowns in 15 games, he hopefully will have two more games to get that done this season. But I still think that that's going to be really difficult. And also, it might not even mean the best version of this Chargers offense if he does do that. So I'm taking the under. I get that. Oh, that's a tough one. It is two more games. I'm going to take the over. I mean, I did write an article saying, you know, this is what you'd have to do to put up, you know, MVP MVP type season. 
And I don't necessarily think he is, but I think he'll be kind of one tier below that, right? Makes himself, you know, etches his name in the top 10 quarterbacks, you know, one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, but doesn't quite do enough to bring home the trophy that goes to the entire NFL. I mean, an MVP for the entire league is crazy. Like baseball, you get NL, AL, you know, there's only one guy. So that's a really tough award to win. I think he gets those numbers, but doesn't end up winning MVP. So let's get to the defensive side. And we're going a little long, so we'll go rapid fire here. But this is one I really like. Before we get to the big names, Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones combining for 10 sacks. Let's start with you, John. What do you think? Do you think those two guys, after struggling, right, to get pressure specifically, the two guys don't have 10 sacks between them in their career so far? But I put this number pretty high, I would say. Do you think they're getting there? Way under. Way under. There is no way that Justin Jones and Jerry Tillery combined are getting close to 10 sacks, let alone close to five sacks. They'll be lucky to combine for three sacks. I just, I, I can't see it. That's a, that's a way overblown stat in my mind. If they even get close to even seven or eight sacks, I will be surprised. David? No, I don't see it. I haven't seen it before. Nothing has showed me that either guy has been consistent enough to make that happen. I want to see it. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I saw Daniel Popper on like a little Chargers roundtable. Bold predicted Justin Jones to get eight sacks. I don't know what I would do if that, that would happen. That would be crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not the first time we've heard some preseason hype surrounding Justin Jones either. Not a shot. Just saying, let's, you know, let's see it. Let's see it happen. But let's get to another defender here. Let's get to a rookie, right? Asante Samuel Jr. Over under four interceptions. I'm going with the under. And not because I don't think he's not capable of doing it. It's just I just haven't seen enough out of the Chargers defensive line to force enough turnovers. They do enough to cause stops but not turnovers. I need to see the defensive line produced before I can say that we forced turnovers and enough for Asante Samuel to get four of those turnovers in his first season. So I'm going to have to go under. David, how many are you going with on this one? I'm taking the over with Asante Samuel. What? I love the instincts. I love the ability. I love this defense. I love him in this defense. I think it's conducive for turning the ball over. He is going to get his hand on hands on some footballs this year. So, yes, I'm taking the over. I'm going to say he gets – three interceptions in, in his rookie season. So I think that'll be a good year. I'm not going over on four, though. That's tough. I should have put it at four and a half. I think that would have been better. But another guy who we expect big things from is Joey Bosa. And I put his over under at his career high, John. 12 and a half sacks, 17 games. New defensive scheme, Brandon Staley in town. Do you think Joey Bosa can go for a career high this year in sacks? Or do you think he's going to go under? I think Joey Bosa will go over. 12 and a half sacks this season. I believe it's Brandon Staley's new schemes and a better way to put players into their strengths and positions instead of their weaknesses or just putting them wherever he wants to like Gus Bradley did. I believe Joey Bosa will exceed his a lot of people's expectations and go past 12 and a half sacks this season. David? I'm going way over. I think there's no chance if he stays healthy that he is not going to have a career year this year. With all the one-on-one matchups that this defense is going to give to Joey Bosa, he is going to eat them alive, and he's going to feast this season. Definitely going with the over for the the Big Bear. Yeah, this is a toughie. 12-and-a-half, career high. Yeah, I'm going to say over. I'm going to say he gets to 14 sacks. 
this season in the 17 games or however many games he plays. Last one defensively, Kenneth Murray had 100 tackles as a rookie. I'm going to put it at 90 tackles because we know Drew Tranquil, Kazir White are going to be heavily involved this year. Four sacks, which would be a big upgrade, and we know he has more potential as a pass rusher. John, do you think he can hit those numbers? Kenneth Murray will have over 90 tackles. He will have over 100 tackles this season. Sacks? Uh, I'll, I'll go I'll go with the over, but uh, I mean, it's, it's not going to be far off. Like four and a half or five is probably going to be his real total, but I'm going to go over on both. He's probably going to have 100 tackles easily by like week 13 or 14, and we're going to be watching those numbers climb in my mind. David, what do you think? I do see him hitting those numbers. I like Kenneth Murray as a player. I think he was underused and was not in the right situation. I think he is in the right situation now, and I want to see them unleash him as a pass rusher, and I feel like Brandon Staley is going to do that, so I'm taking the over. I think he'll get one or the other, but I'm not sure he gets both. I really like this Chargers linebacking core, and I think there's going to be specific situations that Kazir White, Drew Tranquil, and Kenneth Murray can help them all. But, like, Drew Tranquil was on pace for over 100 tackles his rookie season in the games that he played. So, like, there's going to be, you know, some tackle splitting that we didn't see last year when Drew Tranquil was hurt. So, I'm going to go under on that one. But I think he could still have a much better season while not eclipsing those numbers. So, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. No over-under here, but Derwin James is going to have five sacks, five interceptions, 100 tackles in 2021. We do have one more segment to get into, though. Because I want to get into some season storylines. We'll talk about the Chargers' biggest strengths, biggest weaknesses, and what their final record is going to be when things are all said and done. We'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. Right now, guys, this is the best time to bet on any kind of sports because football is back. We already have college football going on. We have next Thursday, the first NFL game, and next Sunday, the first Chargers game. So this is a great time to get in on the action and Bet Online has a ton of online contests you can enter as well, like Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at Bet Online. And you don't even have to bet on sports. I mean, I like to bet on baseball, basketball, football, UFC, but you can even bet on all of your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers for the 2021 season at Bet Online. And we can even boost your bank a little bit. If you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David, so now we know what the Chargers are at this point, and we've gotten to see the preseason and training camp go by. I mean, obviously, the team could still change between now and the Washington football team next week, but it's hard to make any sort of season predictions or anything like that. Before you get to this point, right? I mean, at least now we have a pretty good understanding and things can obviously change dramatically once we even enter the season. But this is the best kind of look we're going to have at it as far as trying to predict what's going to happen this season. So let's get into some of the strengths and weaknesses of this team. So, John, when I talk about the Chargers' biggest strength going into 2021, what does that mean to you? I'm going to say our biggest strength is probably got to be the linebacking core. I feel like we have the best depth there. Kenneth Murray... Drew Tranquil, Nick Nieman, Kaiser White, and then our boy Bong, whose last name I suck at, but I'll try to pronounce it. Amen Agbong Bemiga. If I butchered it, go ahead, feel free to make fun of me on Twitter. 
but I feel like that's some really good depth right there at linebacker. And if someone goes down, I feel decent about who's going to come up and fill that spot. So linebacker has to be our strength. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. David, where are you going with this one? The biggest strength for me is on the defensive side. I love the linebacking core. I love the secondary and the DBs, how versatile they are, how many guys they are going to put at many different spots. And I think that's going to make this defense a lot more, a, a lot better this year because they're going to be a lot more multiple. Yeah, I'm going to stick on the defensive side of things here. And I'm going to go with the linebackers and the edge rushers, right? Because technically they're all linebackers, but you can't tell that to Brandon Staley because he is not going to accept that as an answer but I just think that when you look at these two positions I mean I'm excited about the Drew Tranquil, Kazir White and obviously Kenneth Murray trio but then there's also depth right like John talked about you have Nick Neiman you also have Amen Agbogbamiga I thought you did a good job John with that one I mean I like the depth there and then when you're talking about edge rushers obviously I love Joey Bosa I think that Kyler Fackrell and Uchenna Wosu showed good competition during the preseason and no matter what guy ends up there, the next guy off the bench is that other guy. Like, I'm more excited to see Chris Rumpf, who's number four at this point, come off the bench than someone like Isaac Rochelle or Jeremiah Tauchu or some of those guys from the past. I'm really excited about the Chargers front seven, but can't really throw the interior defensive line in there. They still have something to prove. But let's move into the biggest weakness because Every year, it seems like the Chargers end up having an Achilles heel of some sort. So, John, when you're looking at the Chargers' biggest weakness headed into 2021, what are you thinking? Biggest weakness has to be the special teams. It's got to be the kicking. I don't necessarily think Ty Long or the long snapper, Matt Overton, are going to be big into this, but the kicking is probably not going to be very good this year. Kind of surprised we haven't gone for a waiver wire kicker or something free agent wise to try something else out with how bad the preseason was for both of them but it's definitely the weakness for this team in my mind yeah I mean it's hard to go against that right now for sure David what do you think I feel really good about the offense and on the and the defense but I do not feel good about the special teams that is the biggest weakness of this team you don't know what you're going to get from Tristan Vizcaino you do know what you're going to get from Ty Long but you don't know what you're going to get on coverage teams as well so special teams is definitely the thing that worries me the most going into this season yeah I mean I totally get that I mean even Ty Long right I mean like you guys said he's not going to be part of the problem but he's also not universally known as the league's best punter either probably average to slightly above average which is fine but the coverage units you don't know where you're going to get and then Tristan Viscaino super hard to be very excited about that mostly nervous about that at this point and then KJ Ho returning punts and we'll see who's returning kicks but not a lot to be excited about as we see it right now I am encouraged by the way the Chargers built this roster and especially with these roster cuts seeing how they wanted to bring these guys in the back end to help out on special teams. That's encouraging, but at the same time, it's hard to get carried away with the special teams being great. Middle of the pack would be absolutely fine. I'll take middle of the pack. That would be perfectly fine with me. But let's get into this last part here, guys. The most important part, the part we have to wait till this part of the offseason to do, and that's getting into our final season predictions. I mean, I don't love doing this stuff before the year, but now at least we know you know, the preseason's done. We know for the most part who's going to be on this 53-man roster. And we pretty much have a fully healthy, for the most part, Chargers roster. So, John, you've been the best at this over the last couple of years, usually because you picked the least amount of wins and the Chargers never live up to our expectations. 
Where are you going with it this year? I have a hard time believing we're going to stay healthy. That's just in the back of my mind. I mean, maybe we have a better staff now that we won't get a lot of injuries, but it's really eating me up inside that someone's bound to get hurt and it's going to cost us games. I'm going to say the Chargers go 9-8 and eight this season. You know what? Scratch that. They'll go 10-7 and seven this season. We'll go 10-7, and seven, but it's, I think it's gonna, we're going to be looking at this team next year going, all that talent we had, we could have done better. The next year, we're going to be expecting way more. Well, I'll take 10-7 and seven from you. I mean, I think that's pretty high for you. I think that would be a big win in Staley's first season. I mean, 10-7 and seven is good. Probably not the playoffs, though, in a 17-game season. David, what do you think is going to happen? I'm guessing you're going to be a little bit more optimistic. Yeah, this is an interesting season for the Chargers. A lot of new, a new head coach, new offense, new defense, new special teams. I mean, new everything, pretty much. But I feel really good about this team, and I and I, I say that every year. I know that, but for for some reason, I just this team feels different to me, and I think it's a lot to do with the new leadership that's in town. And for that reason, I don't think they're going to lose as many one score games. I think they're going to stay on top of those. And I feel like this Chargers team is going to have a very good year. I'm going 11 and six. Okay, so we got one with 10, one with 11. We'll see if John's right again this year. But David, I like that pick from you. I was thinking about doing that. I'm going to go with 12 this year. I'm going to say that the Chargers go and end up winning 12 games and go 12 and five in the first ever 17 game season and make the playoffs. I can see that too. That's what I'm saying. This ceiling for this team, I don't think we know it yet. I'm feeling optimistic today. Forrest Merrill on the practice squad, right? I mean, the roster's looking pretty good. Staley's very inspiring. There's a lot to be excited about with this team. I know I'm going optimistic here, but somebody has to put their name on it, and it could be me putting my name on a very stupid take here, but I'm going to say the Chargers go 12-5 in 2021. I think they surprise a lot of people, and I think just health. I mean, John, you said the biggest thing, the biggest weakness, you know, what you're scared of is obviously the injuries, and it's hard to really feel great about that with some of the histories of the guys on the Chargers. At the same time, we all know what the expectations would be if we knew they were all going to stay healthy, so... I think you're going to get more out of Joey Bosa and Derwin James in 2021. I think the Chargers are going to go 12-5, and five, mark it down, unless I'm wrong, then burn it, throw it away, right? So that's going to do it for today, though. So excited for this season. When we talk to you guys, when we talk to you guys next week, we'll be talking about a football game. We'll be getting into matchups against the Washington football team. I'm so excited for that. And we'll have some big guests on the show next week to preview the Chargers season as well. So make sure to not miss that, guys, and make sure you follow wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. You can find us in all those places and rate and review if you can on that platform. You can also find the show on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can also find my burner at number one Forest Mayroll fan. But you can also find the show's page on Twitter at LockedOnLAC as well. We love interacting with you guys on there. And you can find our Locked On Chargers Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page too. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, I know we have a couple voicemails that I appreciate. But you guys can call into 323-524-7924. We might have some time to get into those next week. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we have football Next week, guys, so we'll be back with you guys on Monday to break down all of the latest for the Chargers and get ready for game week. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.